Hi, my name's Sarah, and this is a true crime pod. Um, so firstly, I just want to say, um, before I get into the case, I did create this in um, February last year, <laughs> um, February 2022, and I did a little intro, and then I was hoping to get some episodes done, but um, that didn't happen. So yeah, but here we are. Um, so this is the first episode. Um, so we're going to be, um, I'm going to be taking a look at the case of, um, well, the murder of Kate Bushell. Kate Bushell was 14 years old. Um, and by all accounts, she was a happy um, teenager. Nothing, you know, no issues that I could find. She had a father, Jerry, her mum, Suzanne, um, and a brother, Tim. So... It was Saturday, 15th of November, 1997. Kate Bushell's day began as many teenagers do. She had a long um, lay-in um, after a long week in school. Don't blame her. Um, I certainly would after a long week in school as well. So Kate and her mother, Suzanne, went into Exeter because um, she needed to do some research in the library just for a school project uh, for her homework. And after she'd done that research, they went to um, they went to go shopping for a CD of one of Kate's favourite bands in the Virgin Megastore in Exeter. And then Kate also bought the Simpsons comic book uh, for her slightly older brother, Tim, because his birthday was coming up really soon. And then Kate and her mother then returned to Exwick. And she spent the rest of the Saturday afternoon in her bedroom finishing off her homework that she'd started earlier that day. So then Kate had decided she was going to go and walk the neighbour's dog, um, which she had done before. And by all accounts, she liked to do this regularly, um, sometimes to earn a little bit of pocket money, which is regular for uh, a lot of teenagers to earn a bit of extra money. Uh, makes sense. So she was going to walk the neighbour's dog, um, a Jack Russell dog called Gemma, around the fields as her neighbours, Stuart and Alison Smith, were away on holiday. And as I said, she liked to help out when she could. So Kay actually lived at 59 Baratta Drive uh, in Exwick, Exeter, which is in the county of Devon. And as I said earlier, she lived with her parents, Jerry and Susan, and her older brother, Tim. Now, Kate set off to walk down the road to her neighbours to get Gemma at 4.30pm for her afternoon walk. Um, as usual, she was looking forward to doing this because she didn't have a dog of her own. So this was the next best thing. So Kate started walking up along her road and then started to go towards Exwick Lane. Then Kate and Gemma carried on past the Exwick Heights Primary School and then it was starting to, um, as it was starting to get a touch darker, she carried on into lane, the lane and 100 yards up the lane, she would have gone past a blue car or van, which was parked in a lay-by right by the stables to the left. So it got to about 5pm and normally the walk would take about 20 minutes. Um, and in this case, you know, it was taking a bit longer. So... Both parents were getting more and more concerned because she had said um, that she would only be 20 minutes or so. Um, so Jerry decided 
at 6.45 p.m. that enough was enough. Um, and even though Kate was 14 year old, years old, you know, um, quite independent, this was pushing the boundaries a little bit. So Jerry set off to look for Kate and Gemma, the Jack Russell. So he went around the estate just to see if he could find her, um, but he couldn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't find her there. At 6.45pm, the police were contacted and they reported, um, they reported Kate missing. Suzanne decided to stay at home just in case Kate came home, so at least somebody would be there um, to see her if, if she did arrive. So then Jerry Russell asked a neighbour if he could borrow a torch and he decided to go and retrace the normal route that he thought Kate would have taken along Beretta Drive. Apologies if that's not how you say it. Um, and then through to Exwick Lane. He walked up the lane around 7.30pm and it was getting very dark now. So he shone the torchlight around by a stile that leads into the field. Um, and that is when the torch beam reflected off the eyes of Gemma, the dog that Kate had been walking. And then, if you haven't heard this case, just just a warning. You know, he he is the one that's going to find Kate. So he does find Kate next to Gemma, lying still on the floor. And she's laid on her back with her throat all covered in blood with an extremely large slash through it. Um, her Reebok joggings, her Reebok jogging trousers, sorry, were also pulled right down to her knees. However, there wasn't any sign of sexual assault, but it is possible the assailant could have been disturbed and had to run off to cover his tracks. Um, there, you know, there is a, from what I've looked into, a lot of people do think that that could be the case. Maybe, maybe the assailant did rush off and didn't get to finish um whatever they had planned as it may as it were but that's not something that i found any more details about and we haven't actually got any answers for so um, i'm not going to go into any more detail in that in that case so the crime scene was literally only 10 minutes walk from the their home and so police thought that this could be an opportunistic type of crime Dog workers did stroll there every uh, stroll every day, with approximately a hundred people a day going down this lane. So there would have been a chance someone could have seen something. So witnesses did see a blue vehicle parked in a layby close to where Kate was walking. There was also a man described as of average height and weight, with short dark hair, who was seen near the back of the vehicle as Kate approached. Minutes later, further witnesses saw the car parked in the lay-by, but the man and Kate were not there. This man has never been traced. More than 100 microscopic bright orange fibres were discovered on Kate's body and clothing, as well as the style into the field where she died. Police say these, these were almost certainly deposited by her killer. The fibres, a polyester and cotton mix, are commonly found in workwear such as gloves and boiler suits. Kate's killer may not have been wearing the garment the fibres came from at the time of the murder. Um, they could have been transferred, they could have transferred onto him. Um, so, when, you know, they're not sure about that. Witnesses did not describe anyone near the scene as wearing bright orange, but the light was low at the time. So that's something to, um, to bear in mind. Now, at this point as well, if you didn't realise or if you're not sure of this case, I'm just going to let you know that the killer has not been 
found. Nobody has been charged with this murder. Um, some people, you know, have said, well, why did it take till 7.30 to find the body? Because obviously it was winter, so it would have been dark, but this was a common route for dog walkers. So you would think somebody walking the dog there, it's dark, they're going to have probably have a torch with them. So a lot of people did say, was she killed somewhere else? Um, and then was she moved back to the to that area? But we're not sure on that. Um, that's just something that people have mentioned. So... The police did work really hard in this case. You know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of cases, police are sort of people are quick to blame police, um, and that they don't make enough effort. And you know, I can, I can understand that. In some cases that you may have heard, that that can be the case. But in this case, they did work really hard. Um, they had many reports coming in. It took almost a hundred and fifty officers to go through four thousand five hundred calls. They did end up out of that with um, 4,000 statements to review. They also took over 5,000 fingerprints. Um, And also in the case of the vehicle that we mentioned earlier, more than 2,000 blue vehicles were eliminated from the inquiry over the years. Um, But as I said, the car and the man have not been traced. And they did have three um, suspects that were interviewed. But ultimately, they were also released with any with no further action. Um, now, like I said, the murder was in nineteen ninety seven, um, and like I said, also not been solved. Now, in two thousand seventeen, that was the twentieth anniversary, um, and an appeal prompted ten new lines of inquiry after officers received two hundred and four calls. From members of the public. Um, however, nothing came from these new leads. Our older brother, um, Tim, has come forward asking anyone who might have any information to make themselves known. Mr. Bushell says, there isn't a day that goes past where my family and I don't think of her, what life would be like if she hadn't been taken from us, what she would have achieved and all the family milestones that we have been unable to include her in. I would implore anyone who has been able, unable to do so previously to share any information with the police so that with your help, they can apprehend the person responsible and achieve justice for Kate. Um, there is a reward for £20,000. So if you do know anything, um, you, you can please go to crimestoppers-uk.org or you can call um, 0800 555 Um So... Please, obviously, if you can, if anyone knows anything, you could go there. Um, I'm going to hopefully add this to the um, show notes as well, because um, I've just, this is my first episode, so I will try and get that added in. I'll hopefully figure that out for for you as well. Um, Obviously, any information for the family would be um, amazing. Um, Also, I just wanted to say as well, I did watch a video with a few of Kate's um, friends um, and I just wanted to read out a few things that they had to say as well. So one of her friends, Emma, said she had a warm personality and they had a strong friendship. Another friend, Gemma, said she was someone who would always help you out. And I just wanted to mention uh, her friend, Nicola, as well. 
because um, Nicola was a really close friend. Um, so I am just going to read something that Nicola had to say about her. She was very loud and everyone loved her. She was a lovely girl and had lots of friends and did lots of different things and activities. She got on with everyone. And Nicola says um, as well, quite often I do think about Kate because um, they've got uh, the birthdays, which were a day apart. So they used to spend the birthdays together. Um, she does say that um, every year when I celebrate my birthday, I always think of her and wonder what she would have been doing now, whether she would have been married, whether she would have had children, if we would have still been best friends now, whether our children would be growing up together. It's all th all things I do think about. Um, and I think that that's, they're just lovely words, uh, but really sad words obviously as well and um, I think that I'll leave that there um, so I'm just adding this on to the end actually a little while later because this isn't the first case that I actually had planned uh, sorry first um, first episode this is actually uh, now ended up as episode um, three and this episode today was supposed to be um, the second part of my um, hybristophilia case um, where I was going to get into a bit more of a deep dive but I'm not feeling very well so I didn't want to leave a whole week without an episode so that's why this one has gone out today so I really I'm sorry that it was late if anybody was um, if anybody was waiting for it but um, like I say I've not been feeling too well I am sorry it's a little bit of a shorter episode but I did like I said I did record this a little while ago um, and because obviously we haven't really got a lot of details um, about the killer as we don't know who it is, um, I obviously couldn't go into any real detail on that. But yeah, that's um, I just wanted to get an episode out for you guys. And I do hope that you find it interesting and I hope that um, obviously one day that it will actually get solved. Thank you. And I'll see you next week on True Crime and a Spooky Old Time. Thank you.